All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan, sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. Uh, go on and follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, leave a review, make sure you share, and get the uh, the wonderful content we bring you each and every week from Miserable and Reckless out to the world, because everybody needs to hear what we have to say. All right, moving into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Dustin, uh, looks looks like you're in my old childhood bedroom right now, so take it away. I sure am. I took down my virtual background so that y'all could see. Um, yeah, which leads me into the good and bad, the ugly, perfectly uh, good. I'm broadcasting from North Carolina, um, visiting family this week. Emmy hadn't seen um, anybody since Christmas in the family. And so, uh, you know, she's growing a lot. Everybody's going to get a chance to see her, hang out with her, including Logan. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, other good, uh, Duke rounded out their 2021 basketball recruiting class with a uh, combo guard, Jalen Blakes. Uh, he's He was just outside the top 100, but he was still pretty well regarded. But the main point was what I found interesting about the recruitment was that he uh, actually said his goal was, or the reason he chose Duke is because he actually wants to go to school for four years and get a degree. So oh, cool. uh, for once, there's a kid who plans on staying more than one year. Um, Until he blows up and becomes dad. a lottery pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, then you can't blame me for taking no, millions of dollars. Not at all. <laughs> um, guaranteed money, guaranteed millions, you have to say yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, which but that leads me to my bad. They uh, one of the Duke forwards, Henry Coleman, has entered the transfer portal, so he'll be gone too. So seven of last year's eleven scholarship players are gone. Um, so that leaves the front court a little bit thin, but it's also just continuing to be a carousel uh, in Durham. And then my ugly is my internet might not be great because I'm at home and our internet's not as good as it is with any of our. Uh, normal places that we go to so sorry about that if i sound a little weird or choppy at times or up about the duke front court yeah <laughs> so basically and i'm sorry i'm turning this into the duke recruiting report but all this is just happening over the past couple of weeks we'll see what happens next week <laughs> <laughs> all right ryan good the bad and the ugly all right good we'll go through these briefly uh, shout out to the ACMs last Sunday. Um, and, uh, our, our boy, Tommy Rhett won male entertainer of the year. So shout out Tommy Rhett for doing that or getting voted on that, I guess, uh, for the second week in a row. Um, I can say that the new Eric church album is out tomorrow. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's definitely a good of the week. Uh, he's got the soul portion coming out tomorrow. The heart portion came out last week, last Friday. Um, speaking of Eric church and lovers of the new album, uh, I noticed this this week, and we 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 missed this last week, so maybe this is a bad. But Smith turned 45 last Thursday, and we missed it on the podcast. So happy belated birthday, Marty Smith. Um, I know he listens, so we got to make sure he knows that we know. Well, he could be listening because Logan threw his uh, threw his hat in the ring on Twitter. I saw. <laughs> yep, I let him know that we wished him happy birthday when he comes on country and cold cans. <laughs> so. He, I think he wanted to what talk Eric Church. So, and then uh, speaking of forty-five-year-olds, uh, I watched Jimmy Johnson uh, in a different racing sport this this weekend, and that was kind of interesting. He was in an IndyCar race in the Grand Prix of Alabama. So, two forty-five-year-olds 
Eric Church and Tommy Rhett. I guess that's right up my alley for why I'm having a good week. <laughs> um, my bad. Uh, I saw this on the uh, just in the sports world, and I'll, I'll keep it brief. But the reaction to Trevor Lawrence getting married, um, I was pretty disappointed with this. Um, we've covered Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, obviously, a lot in the past here. But basically, the idea was that he went out and got married over the past weekend. Um, and it's probably a week removed at this point. But uh, and all of a sudden he's not in football anymore because the people were questioning his dedication to the game because he got married. Uh, it just seems absurd. All, all of a sudden, you know, he's not going to be a number one pick anymore because, you know, the girlfriend that he'd been dating the entire time he had a success, uh, he got married to. And so um, I just thought that was a little bit ridiculous. And come on, media, do better. And then well, uh, speaking of oh, go ahead, Morgan. <laughs> no, I'm just going to I'll add later. Finish up. Speaking of uh, people getting married or perhaps people getting uh, unconsciously decoupled or whatever terminology they came up with, um, as a Chris Martin fan, I have to go in uh, from Coldplay. I have to go in on the absurd Gwyneth Paltrow crap that she was rolling out recently for Mother's Day. There's one that caught my eye. It's a $799.99 birdhouse. Apparently $800 was one penny too much. Only $799 for this birdhouse. I'm going to give you the description exactly off the website. This birdhouse was designed and is inspired by the 1960s subdivision known as Fairhaven. Apparently it's made with bamboo wood with high-end gray, white, and orange laminate. It features frosted glass windows, a sloping A-frame, and it's accented with custom numbers. Apparently, it's perfect for any other who loves mid-century modern design. If you're yeah. selling me a birdhouse for $800, I think you have consciously decoupled from reality a while ago. <laughs> so get it together, Gwyneth. <laughs> That's my ugly or absurd of the week. Gas or, I hope, gas or, gas, I hope gas Morgan canceled that. I didn't hear what either one of you said. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope Morgan Go ahead, Go it. ahead, Dustin. And I added in gas or electric. <laughs> it was, that's all that. Um, that's ridiculous. Yeah, definitely absurd. <laughs> all right, Morgan. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, real quick, just to add an angle to your, your Trevor Lawrence Clemson thing. That's just other people's recruit. Um, your agency's probably trying to downplay his draft status and hope for one last push to jump ahead of him. That's usually what that crap is. Um, but we both we all know he's going number one. Justin Fields, um, all everybody else, they're not going number one. Let's see, am I good? Well, it's really for Crystal. She started her new big girl job this week. And so far it's going awesome. She's loving everyone she's working with. Everyone's loving her. And you know, every every Zoom meeting she's been in with with the big wigs are just excited to have her and just shocked and on all of her experience and just kind of um, raving about the hire that they keep telling me we're, we, we hired the right person. So excited for her. Um, bad. Both kids are still battling science infections though they are getting better. So kind of tipping to maybe some of the good as well, but they're still kind of snot nose and coughing. So they're almost over that with the medication that they're taking. And my ugly is gonna go with, what can I read this? 
Um, it, the ugly, which is also great. Um, the Yankees are playing like complete garbage with that payroll that they have. I mean, come on, you think they would have at least a, somewhat of a winning record right now, even though it's, I know it's 162 games, it's early, but I'm loving that they're crappy, but they're just playing like straight garbage, and the fan base is showing how much of a garbage they are as well. Huh. <laughs> Didn't we they, see they were had the worst record or something like yeah, that. Yeah, their their fans were booing and throwing stuff onto the to the stadium. Uh, yeah, from the from the stands the other week, they were playing so bad. That's not the first time that they've ever done that. Uh, Two thousand four, you know, and it won't be the last. <laughs> I think I think game six or it was a game seven when they had to call the. Uh, Game seven of a American League Championship Series. They had to call it off for for a little bit because their fans were throwing stuff onto the field. All right. So moving into my uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to start off with the good. Um, the Air Church album was the first one you released last Friday was really really good. So I recommend checking that out. Um, it, Air Church is basically like a a rock artist that's stuck in the country sphere. Uh, because uh, there isn't really a platable mainstream rock format anymore. Um, but, you know, it's, his songwriting continues to to just get better and better with each album. Um, and what's impressive is I believe I read that each of these songs he wrote and recorded all in the span of one day. So it was like from pen to paper to recording it was done in 24 hours. So that's a pretty cool feat for this uh, upcoming project, Heart and Soul. Um, another album that I, I want to shout out is Tristan Merez's um, latest record he just put out his first debut album um if you're a fan of uh 90s early 2000s sound in country um that it has a is pretty traditional in honky talk but at the same time has enough to satisfy the people that say country isn't modern enough this album is a good album for you nothing ever gets too deep on it it's similar to a cody johnson album in that regard but it's country and it's good and it's fun to listen to in a lot of different settings so definitely check that one out too Another good I have, and it's probably a, even a better than the, the last one, is as Dustin has said, I get to go home this weekend and see my niece for the first time since Christmas, and she's a lot more uh, interactive and mobile now than she was the last time I saw her, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, that's going to be fun this weekend, <laughs> and Dustin's showing us the baby monitor right now. And uh, then moving into my bad, so I got my second COVID vaccine uh, shot two days ago. And no, I'm not saying that in a way of, ooh, look at me, I got my vaccine because I hate virtue signaling. But I'm saying bad because I uh, had a, a really bad symptoms the day after where I woke up and felt like I had the flu and uh, literally had chills and body aches all day. But then woke up this morning, felt best as I have in a long time. So definitely, uh it, I guess it was worth it. <laughs> I could say, but it was. It wasn't. It was, I was able to get through it, but it kind of sucked yesterday. Um, and then ugly is uh, part of the ACMs. I mean, the production and the performances were pretty good. They didn't have a couple people that I think probably should have been able to perform um, that performed, or they didn't have them perform because, like, Miranda Lambert pulled triple duty, which one of those slots could have gone to some of the other. Uh, people out there in mainstream country music that needed that exposure. But I'm never complaining about uh, Miranda coming on there because she's one of the better ones in the mainstream. But the the part that is ugly about the ACMs is like the award winners. It kind of sucked this year. I mean, Luke Bryan, Entertainer of the Year, 
come on, he's on the tail end of his his mainstream stratosphere career that he's had. I mean, it, that was ridiculous. And then I think was didn't Dan and Shay win Group of the Year? Their utter ridiculous soccer mom drivel that is not country in the slightest, and they beat out Brooks and Dunn for that. Get the hell out of here. So, yeah, the ACM award winners were kind of terrible for the most part. And that is my good, the bad, and the ugly. I guess this week I had good, good, bad, and ugly. But uh, moving into the weekend look ahead, what do you guys have going on? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, continuing to give uh, my children amoxicillin and uh, get get fighting this uh, cold off. Brody's taking it like a champion, but Bridget uh, giving, trying to give her uh, medication with the uh, little syringe thing. It's like arm wrestling an octopus. <laughs> yeah, she gets just a little bit in. She's like, just spits it all out. Arms. <laughs> like, ah. have enough, uh, hopefully. Other than that, we're just taking it easy. <laughs> Maybe clean. I don't know if we have enough time. Dustin, the other dad, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, you, you already know my weekend look at it. It's all family. It's, it's my daughter and family hanging out, which will be fun. Um, but it'll probably be a lot because uh, she's, you know, she's not used to seeing everybody. So she gets a little overwhelmed because she used to like just me and my wife and like, or maybe just the people at daycare. So she's having to settle in to being like, oh, hi, let me hold you. And she's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Um <laughs> But, you know, she'll get there. And then on Sunday, I actually get my second COVID shot. So I have to report back to you all about how good or bad I feel uh, after that. So between the two of those, I've got a pretty busy weekend. <laughs> Chasing my daughter and then getting a shot. <laughs> Since I don't have kids, I guess I'll go next. Give you the old NASCAR and lacrosse update. Um, incidentally, Logan, as an uncle, it only gets better. I got a chance to see my, uh, uh, two nieces again this week. We have a beach and they got to come play on the beach and make sandcastles and stuff like that. It only gets better as they get older. So, but, uh, I assume that there'll be a, some point in time where they will not be interested in coming and playing with uncle Ryan on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, so NASCAR, uh, it's, it's a nice air church tie-in, but we've got Talladega this weekend, so I'll be looking forward to that. For those that don't know, it's a big, super mm-hmm. speedway track. Um, the reason why I took down the standings is because the standings going into Talladega are way more than the standings coming out of Talladega since everybody wrecks. So just to give a quick recap on everybody for the weekend, and for those that don't know the tie-in, Eric Church has a really, really great song. It may be my favorite song that he's ever written about uh, being with buddies down at Talladega and and thinking back to what those trips were like that probably if we could afford it would be a great uh theme song for the beginning of this podcast uh thinking back on trips that we used to take but anyways uh the standings going into this weekend have danny hamlin out front martin Truex jr these are names you guys keep hearing joey logano um and then you've got some guys from hendrick that are in there um uh the, the liberty driver we'll call him william byron in the old jeff gordon car um kyle larson chase elliott and kevin harvick uh, i'll point out kyle bush is still winless so that streak continues from last year so that's kind of funny and um a hendrick car won over the last week <clears throat> down in richmond he was actually driving jimmy johnson's old 48 so that was kind of interesting to see that 
in victory lane. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen because it's happening during this podcast, but in lacrosse, I know Notre Dame and Duke are playing tonight. And uh, they're number two and number three in the country. Um, Carolina and UVA are number four and number five. So ACC looks awesome. Don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but if you want to talk to your people at the water cooler about it, ACC is where it's at for lacrosse, even though the Terps are 9-0 and and still number one. They don't play anybody, so not too worried about it. Next, to- next topic. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, basically for me, as um, I've already said and Dustin said, I'm going to be home uh, with the family this weekend. I get to hang out with uh, – my niece and then hopefully be able to play around a golf on Sunday if the rain doesn't come down too hard on Saturday. But uh, that's the weekend look at. So moving into uh, our next topic, we last week we had our episode on all things minor league baseball. Um, minor league baseball is just a fantastic thing. It's a cheap uh, event. That you, you can go have fun with your buddies. You can go with your, your friends. And I believe it's starting up here in the next week or two. Um, and as we like to do, here on uh, Miserable and Reckless, we like to make everything a competition. So we all decided that uh, we chose the AAA um, Southeast region because, you know, AAA is the level right below the big leagues. So you get to see a lot of guys that get to play up, get show up in the show. So we picked the Southeast region and we all picked the team that we're going to follow for the year and see who comes out on top on this. Um, so I'm going to open it up and uh, get everyone to say which team they picked, who they're an affiliate of and why you picked it. So uh, Dustin, if you want to start. Sure. Uh, I went with the Norfolk Tides who are an Orioles affiliate. That shouldn't be surprising. I am a Baltimore Oriole fan, um, but that's not the, primary reason that I picked them. I also live in Virginia. They're in Virginia. Um, but as I got to looking at them, I was like, man, this really fits my uh, my brand. Um, outside of uh, Duke, every team I cheer for had their glory years in like the 70s and 80s. And surprise, surprise, formerly the Tidewater Tides had their glory years in the 70s and 80s. They won the uh, the AAA like World Series a bunch of times. They uh, have had a whole bunch of like great players come through, but in recent years they've been down. So, sort of story of my life with every team I cheer for except for Duke basketball. So, I felt that that kind of fit as well. Once I got to looking at them, and also their mascot is Riptide. That's awesome. Um, you know, for a guy who's spent four years in living at UNCW and going to the beach and being a part of that culture, I mean, Norfolk's not a bad uh, addendum to that. So just all the way around kind of fits. Can't wait for them to be the Cinderella story of the year. And I get to lord it over these guys, just like I'm the best picker of all the college football games, at least in the ACC. Does that Riptide have anything to do with Riptide? I don't know if it does because they're actually a fairly recent um, Oriole affiliate. Um, prior to that, they were for a long time a Mets affiliate. And then at, even at one point, they were a St. Louis affiliate. So we're not going to talk about those years, those dark years. <laughs> hey, Ryan, who'd you pick and why? This is an easier one for me. I, I picked the National Sounds. Um, I've been to some of their games. Everybody, I think, if you listen to a couple episodes of this podcast, you know my affinity for all things Nashville. Um, but 
it was a surprise to me. They, they were an A's team when I was there. And I guess for the first, maybe, maybe they were a Brewers team a long time ago in the past, but it seems like the sounds move around pretty, pretty often. Um, and the whole affiliate thing. So they were asked to be a Brewers uh, affiliate this year. Um, they pretty much, Dustin, to your point, they pretty much have a 500 record. So they're not really uh, bringing for the fences too much. Although their old mascot was a guy who swung with a guitar and hit the ball over the fence. So that was a pretty sweet mascot. Um, speaking of guitars, they have a guitar in the center field. So like, I can't know how you can go wrong with that. To the right of center field, I'm, I'm all about the party. Where You know, I'm not necessarily here for the game. In uh, right field, they've got a big uh, outdoor bar. They've got kar or karaoke. They've got cornhole. It's been so long since I've played at this point in time. And uh, they've got cornhole that you can set up and everything. So it's it's one of the funnest places to go to. They've got fireworks after the game. Most minor league teams have this. But most minor league teams do not have the country legend race. And that is the four big mascots that run around the field. And uh, you've got Johnny Cash. You've got George Jones, you've got Reba McIntyre, and Dolly Parton, and they race around the field. So the Nashville Sound, that's my team. I'm hoping that we finish above 500, and maybe we'll maybe we'll steal the uh, the year here with the Brewers. Are the Brewers good? They have sweet uniforms, bro. They good. I, I feel like they were in the playoffs a couple of years ago. No idea. Nashville I love their logo. Who? <laughs> Brewers. Oh, yeah, same. The MB. In the, in the well, and the and the mitt, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. The Nashville Towns. That's why I chose them. All right, Morgan, who'd you pick? So I picked the Durham Bulls for multiple reasons. Uh, Bull Durham is one of my favorite baseball movies as a kid. Um, been to a bunch of Durham Bulls games. Never got to go to the old ballpark, which I was sad about that. But um, been to a bunch here lately. Since I moved up from Wilmington, um, went to a bunch of games when Crystal was working with the Hurricanes when she got uh, like team, I got an employee uh, appreciation day. We go to a bunch of games for that. And we'd also go to some random days as well. Um, it's an awesome ballpark. Always have a good time when we go there. Their, <laughs> their mascot is called Wooly Bully. And uh, they, yeah. He, they play the uh, little 50s, I guess, novelty song, Wooly Bully, for his, uh, his little theme song and everything. They actually do pretty well here recently. They always, they've been winning, uh, having winning records there a lot lately, and they've also had quite a few uh, affiliates right now. I want to say that they are affiliated with the Tampa Bay Rays, which I don't really care too much about that. But um, So if you're looking to see some hot shots coming up, for uh, rehab, you're not going to see too many of that with the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> but if you're ever in Durham looking for a good time, uh, parking's usually fairly easy for this ballpark. Prices are really good. You know, can't can't miss out when you get a Durham Bulls game. All right, so I guess it leaves me. Um, I went with the Gwinnett Stripers. They are an affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. I'm an Atlanta fan, so that was an easy connection for me. But a little bit of a backstory on the Stripers. They um, have only technically been the Gwinnett Stripers, well, in Gwinnett since 2009. They've been the Stripers since, I think, like 2018. Um, but before that, they were the Richmond Braves, and they were the Richmond Braves from 1966 until 2008. So this has been a... Um, 
a triple A affiliate of the Atlanta Braves for a long, long time. So there's some history there, but the the Braves wanted to move their triple A affiliate a lot closer to Atlanta. So they went to Gwinnett County, Georgia for rehab purposes when they have to send people down to triple A. So they, uh, after being many decades in Richmond, Virginia, they decided to move down to Georgia. And here we are now with the Gwinnett Stripers. And the other connection I would kind of uh, loosely say here is, um, as we detailed last time, Stripers, also known as a rockfish, and I am from the town next to the rockfish capital of the world, so it's just an easy connection there. Possibly the best logo in all of minor league baseball. Yeah, it's pretty solid, not going to lie. But so we'll keep you updated on how our teams are doing as minor league baseball uh, kicks off and, and uh, hopefully Gwinnett Stripers, you know, end up taking it home. But moving into the next topic, I'm going to throw it over to Ryan. All right. In the past, Dustin gave us a segment called Redneck Reviews. Uh, well, we've already had some anti-Yankee, uh, anti-Yankee talk on this podcast. So earlier this week, I found what I called a very uppity opinion. And uh, I asked the guys, I said, hey, should we have like an anti-redneck review or like an uppity opinion review or something like that? And so they agreed. And so I guess it's going to be, I guess it's going to be out here for everyone to read. Uh, this review is for the Aquilina Inn. It's in Montauk, New York. And it's by a Gen GS. I have no clue what G or S stands for, but uh, this will be referred to forevermore if we do more of these reviews as our Carpet Bagger Corner, <laughs> aka Uppity Opinion Hour. <laughs> so here is her review. Period. Like in, I left my wallet without knowing it, and the this is how she starts the review. And the housekeeping staff not only found it and gave it to the owners, but the owners immediately called and then mailed it to me at home since I had already departed. So either this woman was hungover, I'm going to assume, or <laughs> she had uh, just, she left in a rush. Wonderful. She got her wallet back. Clean, clean, clean. Sparkling pool. Room, grounds, great quality furnishings. Okay. She's checking out the furniture apparently. Pretty much direct. Gorgeous, easy beach access. I don't know what pretty much direct means. It's either direct or it's not, but amazing. Heated pool. Note, the heated pool will come up later. Lots of swag in room that is awesome and useful. Now, I don't know what useful swag is. I don't know if that's like a zip-up fleece, like in case like, you know, the sun goes down or something. I'm, I'm confused what a useful swag that could be found in the room is. Perhaps it was... You know, a coffee. Yeah, I, I don't know. Does, is that swag? <laughs> is that swag? It, it, it has to be like a fleece because I've been to a be beaches up in the Northeast and it's freezing ass cold in the middle of the day out there. So the only way you can enjoy yourself is if you wrap up. I just, I, I'm, I'm half tempted to go to this hotel just to find out what the useful swag is. So do it um, and report back. <laughs> Uh, I'll do it as soon as I can. Uh, hey, Montauk, I just in a heartbeat. I don't think I'm supposed to say that on this podcast, but oh, <laughs> picnic tables on rock ground outside. Nice not to have them on the grass. Eliminate bugs. So not only is she doing a public service here by letting us know where to put all of our picnic tables, but she's happy about the fact that they've been uh, that they've been eliminated. The bugs have been eliminated. We have shaded seating at the heated pool and non-shaded, so you do have a choice. These are all her pros, by the way. 
Um, not overcrowded. A friendly crowd with very few kids. She is a kid hater. We'll get to this later. Awesome access to town. Town is less than one block away. You can walk to everything. Well, I would assume if it's one block away, you can walk to it. Um, bed is incredibly comfortable, as are the linens. Well, that's 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 pretty low bar for a hotel, but okay. And again, she circles back to very few kids. Talk about a vacation. That's in parentheses. So noted kid hater here. So, can, I, can I interject here? I will say in her defense, a buddy of mine once told me that once you have kids, there's no such thing as a vacation, only trips. So, well, maybe she's not wrong. As somebody who doesn't have kids, I don't mind them if they're playing by the pool. It's 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 cute and pleasant, but I don't have to go home with them and worry about the sugar levels. So, <laughs> now here are the cons, and this is why she gets in the uh, uppity opinion segment, and this is why she's our first carpetbagger corner. Cons, remember that heated pool. Well, she put in the cons section here. I prefer a pool that is heated between 90 and 93 degrees. This one was set at 86 degrees, I believe. Even if they just bump it up a few notches, I think it would be more comfortable. It was especially chilly in the morning, and I heard others make the same comments about it just being a wee bit too cold. That's exactly word for word what was put on TripAdvisor. <laughs> How did you possibly know the temperature? Did she bring like a, a guide? Like, a, did she test it? I think that the useful swag was the thermometer. <laughs> thermometer <laughs> to test the pool. We figured it out. Uh, her second con sometimes kids track sand from the beach in when they enter the pool. It would be nice if the beautiful outdoor shower that they had had a clearly marked sign and a message to wash sand off before entering the pool. So to recap, too long, didn't read, useful room swag. I got my wallet back, which I left there, but the pool was seven degrees too cold and there's way too much sand at the beach. Neat. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for your very helpful review, which by the way, if you go on TripAdvisor and you look up Aqualia and somebody did actually comment that this was very helpful and they liked it. <laughs> I think there's only one thing to say about this broad. She's like guacamole at Chipotle. She's extra. <laughs> She's a Yankee. All I can say when I was when I was reading this was like, I, me and Morgan can relate. You should have heard some of the stuff that came out of people's mouths when we were working at the beach hotel in Wrightsville Beach. Um, I'm so, I, I'm totally, totally understanding of somebody coming in and saying the pool is three degrees too warm or three degrees too cold for them. Like, well, why don't you wait ten minutes and the sun will come out. <laughs> I have two, two, I remember two times what happened at that hotel, right? First one being lady being from, uh, I think she was from Newport Beach, California, and called the front desk and said, I'm ready for my, my bed to be turned down. <laughs> and, and then same lady said, uh, yes, what, what time does dry cleaning pick up? Lady, said, where you are? <laughs> I was like, oh, man, we don't have dry cleaning, nor do we turn down rooms at this hotel. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Who do I call? I don't know if there's a phone book in the room. <laughs> you should have sent one of our esteemed busboys if they could have stopped uh, 
smoking whatever it was they were smoking in the garage um, and told them to go upstairs and pick up the laundry. <laughs> gone upstairs, knocked on the door and said, I'm here to pick up all your clothes. I'm here to take all your clothes. <laughs> uh, oh, well. That was our first uh, corner edition. One day we're going to have to have a hotel stories edition. That was pretty funny. Oh, we got, we, I have plenty. I have plenty. Good. <laughs> like a beach hotel. <laughs> all right. So this is normally the part in the show where we move into what we like to call our anchor topic. But after all, this is miserable and reckless. And just like Waylon and Willie in the 1970s, we don't play by the rules. So this week, we're going to kind of bring back a small segment that we once spent an hour and 20 minutes doing on an entire episode of what grinds our gears. But this is going to be uh, sports rules edition, because I know that I have a little bit to say about uh, baseball in particular. So we have talked about um, some different things here uh, last week. I had a little bit of a rant about how if they're going to institute instant replay in baseball, which I was averse to at first, I've come around on it. But the point of instant replay is to get the play right. And Major League Baseball most definitely did not get the play right, even with instant replay with the Atlanta Braves game a few weeks ago. So if you're going to bastardize the game with lots of modern technology, at least get it right. That grinds my gears. Um, So that's kind of one of the main things for me. So is there anything in particular about baseball that you guys, I want to open it up before I kind of, I spend 20 minutes ranting. So Morgan. (laughs) Yes, um, I had the privilege of being able to watch a double hitter the other weekend. Um, that's quite nice because both of them were going to be televised for me on YouTube TV. And I'm sitting there watching it. Red Sox are down, entering the seventh inning. I'm like, all right. Granted, I did not know about this new rule change. I'm like, still plenty of time. Still plenty of time. Uh, seventh inning ended, game over. I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Where are the other two innings at? Did I miss something? And then I immediately do some research to find out that uh, starting this year, I only have seven, seven innings. It's ridiculous. I guess they want to speed the game up. They want to speed the game up to make it faster. For This is all just a, a bullshit my, media narrative about baseball being my, too slow. My my response to people who are bored of it is don't watch it then. I, exactly. I like it the way it was. I like it the way it was. Exactly. Like we don't need to mess with yeah. baseball the way they want to do with everything else. Like baseball is a slower go like mental game. Like go we watch, don't need go, to go watch your NFL game with your fifty thousand commercials. Yeah. Like we don't need ESPN controlling the narrative and the media ruining everything like they normally do because they're trying to ruin baseball because it's not fast enough for the casual fans. Screw off. Pitch count. Fuck off. And Logan, you're in marketing. Yeah. Isn't it always good when you want people to spend less time with your product? That's a good thing, right? <laughs> Just asking for a friend. Right. <laughs> well, it's also well, it would also be good in marketing if you were to differentiate yourself and they're not doing that very well. Like nope. if they just want to be like everybody else and be just as fast. I mean, you they they have a core base of fans. And people who get brought up and support the game and then they want to go to seven innings like it's high school. You know, like, it doesn't make any sense. Is that, are they bringing the slaughter rule in at some point? Oh, is that going to get too too long? Like, I I, I like, you know, I, I'm not necessarily Mr. Everything's got to be like it was 100 years ago, but 
you know, you, you do have to make the game different. It can't be like every other sport because baseball will never be as exciting or as fast paced as any other sport. Um, not like in terms of like football and basketball and, and the like, or even hockey, like they will always be faster and they will always be more exciting to watch in the moment. So if you try to be like them, you're going to lose. Yep. This doesn't make any sense. I look at it the way to paraphrase, uh, paraphrase Matthew McConaughey when he was talking about people moving into Texas. I look at it. Baseball is the same way. If there are some innovations that move the game forward and, but uh, that's fine. But you must first have a respect for the traditions and for the already the institutions of the game. It's America's pastime. It's not the NBA. It's not the NFL. It's not any other sport. So if you can't, if you want to come in and be a casual MLB fan and you don't want to respect what baseball is, we don't have time for that. Sorry. Yeah. Likewise, this I, I just found out this week, and I was all wound up about. And if you go to extra innings, they put a guy on second base. This is T ball. I didn't even know this. I, I haven't watched a lot of baseball, admittedly. Like, it, it, since I don't have my, in, my regional network for the Orioles, I don't watch it that often. But they they started doing it for the playoffs last year just to test it out. It's, it's awful. That, I, that's stupid. That's I another thing. Like, look, if a game takes 26 innings, then it takes 26 innings. It's rare that that's going to happen. But like that's kind of the part. That's part of baseball. It's like, part of the charm of baseball, actually. Like you're yeah. not playing. A, you're not trying to beat a, beat the clock like you are in other sports of trying to like you. You have this amount of time to score X amount of points, or in baseball's case, runs. But if you put a guy on second in extra innings, for most of these guys that are on second base, unless it's Pablo Sandoval, you have a uh, a base hit single scores a run. The game's over. It's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. To to tie all. This like I like I like I like nineteen innings sometimes. Thank you. Perfect tea. Perfect tea shot. If I'm by, if I'm if I'm with some friends and we're drinking beers and I'm saying, oh hell, that's two o'clock in the morning. We're at nineteenth inning. Cool, crack another beer, get some food, and let's watch it. When I was about to meet my niece for the first time, I will not forget this, and this won't be long. The Red Sox were in the World Series. They're playing the Dodgers. Nate Eovaldi came in, and I believe it was the tenth inning, the tenth inning, and he pitched nine innings of relief baseball in the World Series, mm-hmm. and they lost. And I went to bed. The Red Sox lost to the Dodgers. It was the only game they lost that World Series. And I went to bed at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I woke up the next day to meet my niece for the first time. I will always remember where I was when I met my niece for the first time because I was in Blacksburg, Virginia, watching the Red Sox in a 19-inning World Series game. That's the most memorable game probably of the last 15 years for me just because it was so outrageous. That game would have been over with today's rules in, what, three outs? Two outs, yep. six outs, something like that. So, I mean, again, Dustin, I'm with you. It doesn't always have to be like it was 100 years ago. Like, we don't need to bring back Christy Matthewson and, you know, spitting on the baseball and all this. Oh, that would be kind of fun. But, uh, like, it, it just just leave well enough alone sometimes. Just people like to twitch for no reason nowadays. Yep. Baseball's problem is – Baseball's problem is not that the game's too long. Baseball's problem is that they have always struggled with marketing because you have a guy like uh, Aaron Judge, who is a very marketable player. You have a guy like, um, uh, shoot, I can't even believe it. My mind's going blank right now. Los Angeles Angels player. Uh, Trout. Mike Trout, who is arguably on pace to be considered arguably the greatest baseball player of all time right now. But if you saw him, and look, the advanced metrics do not – do not lie on that. Like there, he he's right there in the conversation. You can laugh all you want, but it's true. Mike Trout's a five tool player, but 
Mike Trout is a guy who could be in the conversation for one of the best baseball players of all time. And if you put him in a police lineup, the casual fan cannot pick him out. That's baseball's problem is a marketing thing. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous that you have guys that good and most of America has no idea who they are. And it's not like in football where they're wearing a helmet. You can see the guys. Fernando, uh, Fernando Tatis on the Padres. He's somebody I think that people could pick out. But interestingly enough, another one of these like hidden rules about baseball that is kind of interesting that maybe could go the way of the dodo bird is the whole like bat flip thing. Yeah. Like, disrespectful and whatever. Like I love it. I, I like it too. That's I do too. Where, like I don't need it to be traditional. And people know him because he's disrespectful. Uh, or I'll put that in quotes, disrespectful. Yeah. So, some of these rules, if you want to get rid of them, I feel like it would work to marketing potential. Whereas I remember when I was a kid, Ken Griffey Jr. wore his hat backwards at Camden Yards for the uh, All-Star Home Run Derby. And it was a big deal. It was like, oh, he wore his hat backwards. So, like, guys, pick and choose, like, which rules make sense and which rules don't. I guess that's my miserable corner here. Baseball, stop canceling rules that are dumb. <laughs> and we'll help you out with marketing and, and start, start using, uh, you know, how should I say it? Start thinking about the game from an actual perspective of how you're going to grow the game from a young perspective while keeping the old perspective, like the older crowd still uh, in tune. That didn't make any how sense, but you get how about How about back off? Don't touch it. <laughs> no, like I like when it comes to uh, Tatis and then like with it with Atlanta, Ronald Acuna is another guy. Who is uh, has that marketability? He, he kind of has that cockiness, that swagger, so to speak, as an overused term in sports. That is, it, is it's an appealing part of the game that uh, it does upset a lot of the old timers. They're like, it's disrespectful. What was it? Tatis uh, swung on a three zero pitch when they were up like eight runs, and he he hit, he hit a home run. Like that's it's it's awesome to do stuff like this. Like Steve Spurrier said, if you don't want us to score, keep us out of the end zone. Don't throw the ball. Don't don't pitch the ball to be hit for a home run. Mm-hmm. So we would like longer or the same games with better personalities that will score potentially more runs and ruffle more feathers. This, I mean, that isn't that a marketing wet dream? I mean, it's like uh, Eric Bischoff, the title of his book. It's a, it's a true statement. Controversy creates cash. So. What was it Herm Edwards said with football? You play to win the game. <laughs> most of the time right <laughs> unless you're the Orioles or the Yankees <laughs> oh man is there anything else that before we wrap this segment up that grinds your gears about baseball rules one thing I noticed this with the COVID rules there's no indoor gatherings of 10 or more people and they spell out everything that there is no indoor dining, no bars, no lounges, no clubs, no casinos, no bowling alleys. Didn't know that was a big deal, but no bowling alleys, guys. No working out in, quote, unapproved fitness centers. I don't know if that means hotels or what. But uh, I did notice this. Museums are fine. That's a real MLB baseball rule. You can go to a museum. You're allowed to be in groups of larger than 10 or more people if you go to a museum. No bowling alleys, no working out in hotel gyms, but museums, those are fine. I, I do. I definitely agree. There's some ridiculousness. Like, and, and this is true across the board for all sports in the last year that I've always thought was ridiculous is all of these players are getting tested regularly and they must get tested before the game. So theoretically, they're negative for COVID. 
But instead, they want to make them wear masks in the dugout or masks on the sidelines in other sports. It's purely performative. It's nothing but doing it for the camera because if you're already going to be tested and you have an idea that no, there aren't any positive tests, the mask is, is not necessary when, when, you're, when you're doing that. It's not like it's a group of people who haven't uh, been tested and are gathering. That's a little different. But when you're talking about people that are regularly tested, sorry, it's virtue signaling and it's performative to, for the TV. I won't yeah. go. I I won't go into the politics of the mask wearing. I just think it's if you if you told me that I couldn't go to an unapproved hotel gym where I was working out by myself because I guarantee nobody else is going to be on that side treadmill, but I could go to the art museum and I could walk around and look at a Mona Lisa replica, I'd be like, wait, this doesn't seem consistent at all. But that's, <laughs> that's my bone to pick with it. Be consistent, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as you can tell, we're not a big fan of too many rules here on Miserable and Reckless. So uh, that's what grinds our gears about the current state of baseball. All right. Moving into everyone's favorite uh, segment each week. <laughs> Throw it over to Morgan. All right. Welcome back to Morgan's Cancel Corner of the Week. This week, um, I had to think about this one again. I had a good one and it just... We um we're back on the house hunting scene again. Not a lot out there. I mean, right now you could sell it a single wide trailer for three hundred thousand dollars, I think. Sure. So, you know, it just houses or uh, the housing market is pretty much a seller's market right now. I mean, it really is. It's it's horrible. Anytime a house even thinks about. You know, going on the market, it ha- it already has five offers before they just even list it. It's, it's a pain in the butt. Me and Chris will keep joking. When is that bubble going to burst? Because we really would like to get out of apartment living, and it's it's horrible. I mean, I I don't know about you guys. I don't know if any of y'all. I know Angle. You've you've you finally got into a, uh, a mortgage. Which congratulations. <laughs> uh, we're still searching and. Every time I open my app, it's like, all right, let me see if there's anything updated. Let me take a look. Ooh, okay. Well, this house looks like it should cost about $250,000. No, $400,000. Like, what in the heck is making this house worth $400,000? Nothing. Not anything. All the rooms are painted different colors. The appliances are from the 1990s. Like, what in the world is going on here? So my cancel corner this week is to cancel, every, you know, everyone, all the sellers out there who are having so much fun. I want to cancel your enjoyment. That's what I want to do. I'm canceling your enjoyment. I want that housing market to crash. I want that bubble to burst heavily. So the prices will go down for us people trying to buy something. And that is my cancel corner of the week. Tune in next week. Same canceled channel, same canceled time. I'm not even mad. Canceled. <laughs> I'm with you, Morgan. Hell yeah. I just, it, and I'm sorry if I have friends out there who are enjoying getting ready to sell their house. Sorry, not sorry. And, and maybe yeah, I'll be upset. Not sorry and, at all. And, and maybe when I try to sell my first house in 10 years and I cry about it, I'll, I'll think back to this and kick myself in the butt. But right now, I'm, I'm just not sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to pay $100,000 over price. 
tell you what, real for estate a house, just goes up home, in value, right? The problem is, is everyone's trying to buy right now. Like I was reading an article that they're they're out of inventory. The moment a house becomes available, they can't even list it. They already have ten or they only have like ten offers. Tell you what, I'll do. I'll sell you the second bedroom that I'm living in. <laughs> it has a bath. And it has a loft upstairs, okay? Does it have a closet? It does. There's nothing. Is it walk-in? Is it walk-in? I mean, I could walk into it. <laughs> I'll sell it to you. You can be the only offer. I'll give you an exclusive offer. My wife's going to listen to this and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> we could probably make some, we could probably make a pretty penny on that. Although I think it goes against the rules. <laughs> Uh, we were incredibly, I'll just, I'll put this out there. We were incredibly lucky. We bought a house that apparently had no pictures online. Uh, that's not a good thing to do, but apparently we just bumbled oh. away or bumbled our way into being a uh, very, 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 very lucky. I'll just put that out there for everybody. So, Speak, speaking, sure. speaking of that, the yeah. article is talking about people buying houses without even doing walkthroughs right now. Well, we didn't do that. That's how fast they're going. Yeah, people, they're, they're going so quickly. People are buying without doing inspections and walkthroughs. That's not, that's not smart, but that's how quick they're going. This is like that uh, to the moon thing, that GameStop thing. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, this will, this will never come back down. Yeah, well, <laughs> hope, you bought in, hope you bought in at the bottom. <laughs> uh, All right, so this is normally the time where we like to – at least try to seem like we have a positive message at the end of each show with a bless your heart, but I don't think we have one this week. So we're not even going to pretend it's miserable and reckless. We grinded our, we tell, told everyone what was grinding our gears about baseball. So why, why try to bring any sunshine into this episode? Front of carpet baggers. We did yep. it all. We did it all. Yeah, so. Carpet bagger ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Plus all right. all them people trying to buy houses. Screw them. Exactly. Yeah. We grew up really quick on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for this episode of Miserable and Reckless, I'm Logan's in here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, and we will see you next week.